everyone. I'm Alex West. And I'm Andrea Subasati, and we're from the Faculty of Horror Podcast. And you're listening to the Zombie Girls Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zombie Girls Horror Podcast. Today, we are covering something a little bit different, but a whole lot fun. And that is the Etheria Short Film Night Shorts that are currently available to stream on the Shutter. Limited time only, so get on this. So to talk about these films, I have three of my most favorite people in the whole world. Matilda. Hello. Sarah. Hi. And Ariel. Ariel? (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? That was great. That was all the way to the altar. And then, <laughs> oh wait, I think she's back. Are you there? No, <laughs> there she is. She's wait, I see you... her. I see her, but I can't hear her. Can you guys hear her? Hear me? Yay! Yes! Yeah, she's back, yo. I can't wait to hear the audacity version of this, where it's just you going fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where were we? Yes, we were Want joining. One more time. Yes, joining me to discuss these short films are three of my most favoriteest ladies, Matilda. Hello. Sarah. Hi. And oh God, please let your still be there. Ariel. Hi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woo. Fuck those technical difficulties. They can't keep us down. Um, actually. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, my audacity just stopped and now it's saying error opening recording device. Okay. That's okay. We're going to go ahead and have you stop doing your audacity and then we'll have you restart doing your audacity. <laughs> and we'll just we'll just figure it out in post. <laughs> but we definitely I think these last 10 minutes have taught us one thing and it's that we really need you to record your audacity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Madame. Yeah. Okay, it's working now. <laughs> All right. Woohoo. Like I said, Technical problems cannot keep us down. Mm-hmm. Take that, patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from technical problems, how is everybody doing? And is anybody doing anything special for Pride Month? No. Yeah. Yes, out of gay. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, ladies? You guys hanging in there? Any fun Pride Month stuff? No, sadly. No. You know you're not hanging in there or no pride? <laughs> a little bit of both. All, all of it. Column A. Yeah. C. Both. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Any uh, horny neighbor reports, Ariel, that we need to know about? My upstairs neighbors are moving out. <gasps> <laughs> what? I'm Normally so that would be a good guys. thing, but who knows what freakazoids are going to take yeah, their place. Yeah, that's actually a good point. But I'm hoping that maybe they can't fill the apartment right away because of, like, corona. So maybe I'll get, like, a, a month with no upstairs neighbors. Well, finally, one's advantage corona. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that shit never happens. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, congratulations. I'm, I mean, RIP are awesome stories. But I, your other neighbors will do just fine. I, I'm, I ha- and your neighbors I trust. They will continue to be weirdos and and provide us with excellent entertaining stories in the future. All right, cool. So since we're going to be recovering a bunch of shorts tonight, uh, nine in total, we decided 
we're gonna change things up a little bit with our what you have been watching instead of having longer discussions about each of the movies we're doing a lightning round because even though i mean we just didn't want to miss out there's too many good things out there to watch right now and and Honestly, I just think this part of the podcast is fun, so we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, Ariel, girl, what have you been watching? So I watched Brahms, The Boy 2. Oh, dear. <laughs> so this time it's about a family who takes a getaway to a cottage that happens to be on the same property as the original film. And the young boy finds Brahms buried while he's on a walk and then... You know, nightmare stuff ensues. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm going to give this one a big thumbs down. Oh, no! <laughs> Not yeah, good, I've heard huh? it's pretty bad. It's it's pretty bad and sadly kind of ruins the, like, the great ending from the original. Because it mm-hmm. sort of retells what happened a bit. Oh, no. And Katie Holmes kind of sucks in it, too. So. That's wild. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> All right, uh, thumbs down to Brahms. Anything else you've been watching? I watch Z on your recommendation. Okay, well, I said it shocked me. I don't, I mean, what did you think? <laughs> I actually really liked this oh, one. Oh, good. Okay, then yes, I did recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> now you'll take the credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this one's about a young boy who starts acting weird after he sort of begins talking to an imaginary friend named Z. And then nightmare stuff ensues again <laughs> right so i really like this one i would give it a big thumbs up i think it's really fun gives a new twist on kind of that familiar imaginary friend plot and then my last thing would just be that the drawing on the wall that the boy makes is still like etched in my brain it's so yes. creepy <laughs> i remember i told you there was one part of that movie that my jaw literally dropped do you know what part i'm referring to no the stairs oh yeah i i did not expect that i yes. was like Dead. Damn. Okay. <laughs> they actually really went there. Okay. Yeah, they did. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so thumbs down to Brahms, thumbs up to Z. Yeah. All right, cool. Matilda, how about you? What have you been watching? Uh, we just finished last night. We finished the first season of Lock and Key. It's, oh, okay. It's been renewed for a second season, which is a Netflix series uh, written by Joe Hill. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a combination of a Narnia situation and just a kind of like fantastical, interesting teen fantasy horror thing. Mm-hmm. And we had been worried that it was going to be too kid-like, but it was it was not. It was great. We were super addicted. Totally thumbs up to that one. It's yeah, fun. I can second this. It's it's pretty fun. There's a Did you watch of, it? Yes. There's a period of time where I was a little frustrated with some of the choices that were made by characters. Yes. Yes. But overall, I thought it was it, it was pretty fun and I'm I'm excited that there's going to be a second season. Mm-hmm. And that house is so beautiful. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> that house is great. We also watched Shirley. This I'm very curious about. Yeah, so this is the Shirley Jackson biopic with uh, Elizabeth Moss as Shirley Jackson. This is um rather sexier than I was oh, anticipating. Really? Um you have and, my attention. <laughs> and it is not a movie to watch if you want to like men coming out of it. But all okay. of that said, also thumbs up. And then the third thing I watched was Antiviral. Has anyone else watched this? This was going to be my pick next time, but it's... Was this the one done by David Jones? It's Brandon Cronenberg. It's okay, that's... Cronenberg's yeah, that's son. The... Yeah. And, and the main character is played by the guy who plays the brother in Get Out. Like the sociopathic okay. brother and get out. Yeah. This was beautiful and bizarre and worth watching, but 
watch when you're caffeinated. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, the art film is real with this ah. one. But, the, um, but like the, the horror apple does not fall far from the tree. So I recommend this with the body horror stuff. And, you know, the plot of this is that it's uh, people who are kind of going to clinics to be infected with celebrity diseases. Oh, my God. It's so wild. Yeah. And I just wanted to issue a warning of something that I could not get through and intend to go back to, but I wanted to issue a warning that Neverland, the Austrian horror movie that came out, it was in our VOD picks, is like wall-to-wall animal violence. Oh, ass. Um, So the main character works in a pig slaughterhouse, so I just want to... Oh, boy. It it, it looked, the rest of it looks promising, and I will go back when, when I have the stomach for it, but I just wanted... I didn't want anybody to walk into it, and it's not yet on Does the Dog Die? So, so just know. <laughs> Good Thank you. Thanks. That Good it is. They talk about it as the male raw, but mm. which intrigues me. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of kind of like meat and bodies as sexuality is discovered. So just prepare yourself. Doing the Lord's work. Thank you, Matilda. <laughs> that's gonna be a that's gonna be a no for me. So that's it. Awesome. Okay, Sarah, what have you been watching? Um, American Horror Story, nineteen eighty four. I've been wanting to go back and like revisit the whole series because like I've never really seen three. I've only seen two halfway. This one was really good. Lots of really great nods and references and things like that to eighties horror. And the mid season finale was excellent. They could have ended it there and would have been fine. Unfortunately, yep. <laughs> they had to tack on those last, like, two and a half minutes and have, I don't know, I guess they had Finn Whitlock under contract and they had to use him. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd lose him or something because right. like, he did not need to be there. That storyline was yep. did not need to happen. It, it went from, like, all right, this is awesome to, eh, it's okay. Yeah, I totally agree. They kind of flubbed the ending big time. And yeah. honestly, I think that a lot of AHS, that if you cut out like the last three episodes of most seasons, they would be stronger. But this yeah. one definitely kind of jumped the shark. All right. What else are you watching? The uh, Charmed series remake. Yeah. You know what? That's just, I, I, I've heard a lot of mixed reactions on it. And it's still got a lot of really cheap cgi stuff going on it feels very like throwback to the old show and they cry constantly one of them is crying <laughs> constantly <laughs> but other than that i mean it's it's not a it's not a bad show if you want something like that you could introduce your kids to horror or something that would be a really good one to, to start with and then the one i know you ladies were excited about was uh my mad fat diary so good which is about a uh, a young lady named ray in England in 1986 and she's just out of a mental institution and it's basically her trying to cope with living life as a normal British teenager yeah and okay. what and how her mental illness affects that I feel like about that show like I think some people felt about my so-called life mm. <laughs> uh-huh like this, this one more so. Like this is this is the first time I was like, I don't care what kind of internet piracy I need to do. <laughs> right, <laughs> like I'm I am this one. I heard there's another season of this, and I am getting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's 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 three seasons on Hulu. Yeah. There's a fourth season. No, 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 no. Okay. It was this even back it was, in the day. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. A while yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. and and the soundtrack to it's great because it's oh, all that like so good. you know. Brit pop from the time. Awesome. So you would recommend? High recommend. 
Okay, what have I been watching? I've watched a couple of things. One of them is on brand. One of them is like very adjacent, but it's our podcast and we do what we want. So the first thing I watched was an episode of Into the Dark called Crawlers. Has anybody else seen this? No, not yet. I was looking at it, though. It looked cool. Well, it's very fun. I think you should definitely check it out. It's from the Into the Dark series from on Hulu. Um, This one is, I'm a little behind. So this one's from St. Patrick's Day because all of them are like somehow roughly connected to a holiday. And in this one, it's about a town that just kind of like loses its mind over St. Patrick's every year. So they don't notice that people are acting strangely because aliens are taking over. Uh Uh-oh. So it's kind of told in flashback uh, by the like local drug dealer girl who also is like a true alien believer who has to team up with some of these other college kids to take on the extraterrestrial threat. And it's very fun. It's very campy. It's light. It's it's very much a horror comedy. It's a little bit gory in parts. So that's fun. Some like kind of gross alien gooey stuff comes into it at, at some point. I'm not totally satisfied with the way they deal with the sexual assault subplot. They almost get it right, but then don't quite pull the trigger on it, which is mm-hmm. disappointing. But overall, if you're someone like me who is maybe managing their anxiety by watching horror movies or fun movies, this is the perfect intersection of those two things. And and bonus fun fact, my friend Chris Markle is an extra in it and you get to see him. Oh, Oh, nice. Yes. So when you watch it, there's a part where they look in a cop car and there's a dead body in the cop car and focus on his face. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So that's so when you see him, that's my buddy Chris. Wait, is uh, he the dead body? Yes, he's the oh. dead body in the cop car. And they, but honestly, the movie itself is actually really fun too. I watched it basically. I've been watching the backlog of them, but I skipped to this one because he's like, "Oh, by the way, I was in that episode." He always does this to me. <laughs> like I'll have. <laughs> so, but yeah, so definitely check out Crawlers. And then the other thing I watched was the final season of Shira. Now, Sarah, are you watching Shira? Are you and Cat watching Shira? No. Bad lesbians. Bad lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> it is time to correct that. That is what you can do to celebrate Pride Month, okay? You can marathon She-Ra. Okay, okay, it's on Netflix. I was a huge fan of She-Ra when I was a little kid. Like, there's one Christmas that is fully defined in my memory based on She-Ra because all I wanted and begged for and begged for was She-Ra dolls. And I opened all my presents and there was no She-Ra dolls. I was freaking pissed they were so glamorous and they all had jewels in their chest and i had to have them and i was so bummed and then finally i went to my stocking and my entire stocking was full of all the she-ra dolls it was the greatest christmas ever (laughs) so needless to say when they announced that they were remaking it on netflix i was very excited but also you know i had trepidation Yes, exactly. But let me tell you, this show completely surpassed all of my expectations and then some. It's incredible. It is five perfect seasons. It's created by a a queer person, Noelle Stevenson. And the whole show is about very complicated female relationships and friendships. And there are so many gay characters. And I couldn't imagine that they could possibly land it, but the finale is so good. I cried like the whole like last four episodes. <laughs> so yeah, if you are in emotional distress like so many people right now, and you did something that is a warm hug, check out Shira. I know it looks like a little kid thing, but it's so good. It's so good. Same goes okay. for Avatar: The Last Airbender, but everybody already knows that's amazing. So y'all don't need me to tell you that. I'm telling you about Shira. I like Castlevania. 
this is not like Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely more on the Steven Universe end of the spectrum. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I've been watching. All right. So, Etheria Film Fest. So this was something that kind of came out of the blue for me anyway. Shudder is doing this, and so I thought, hey, this will be a fun thing for us to talk about. Basically, the Etheria Film Night is normally held once a year at the Egyptian Theater in L.A., and it's a showcase of films specifically by emerging women directors in the various genres, like horror, sci-fi, some comedy, thrillers, all that jazz. But this year, because, like everything, is canceled by COVID, they decided to do their premiere on Shutter. So between now through July 20th, new, uh, you can watch these on Shutter. And if you're like, oh, but I don't have a subscription, I don't want to pay... Well, you can get a free <laughs> you can get a free thirty day trial um, by using the promo code Etheria. So you should definitely check these out. Mm-hmm. And while you're there, watch horror noir. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. horror noir and, and, and scream queen and scream queen. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I guess I yeah. Know. We thought this would be a fun topic for us to cover and for us to have this opportunity ourselves to learn about these emerging uh, female horror filmmakers because. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a topic close to our hearts. But just be forewarned, some of these are a little bit twisty, and we probably are going to spoil some things. So if you are spoiler adverse, go check them out. Use that free subscription if you want to. Come back and listen. Otherwise, come along with us, and we will break down each of these shorts. All right. So to kick things off, Ariel, why don't you tell us about the first film, Waffle? Okay, so Waffle is directed by Carlin Hudson. She's a writer, director, and producer who has made five short films, um, and she also co-wrote and co-directed a feature film called The Big Spoon. She's also directed dozens of sketches for College Humor, and she's done branded campaigns for Funny or Die. And right now, she's working on a feature film called Caitlin Versus, which is a YA comedy about sex ed that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. awesome. So this movie, Waffle, is about Carrie, who is a paid best friend who attends a sleepover at a Waffle heiress's house, and what starts out as female bonding ends in a nightmare. I would say that is an accurate description (laughs) of this. So, Errol, uh, what did you think of this movie? I really liked this short. I thought it was really fun. I thought the twist is really fun, too. Well, maybe not fun is the best word, like kind of depressing, but entertaining. And I think my favorite part of the whole short is actually the end credits. Yeah. Um, Mm Because the end credits, it's got like fun 80s music. And then the waffle heiress woman is just making art out of body parts. Yes. Pretty (laughs) good. I kept being like covered in resin at least, but (laughs) (laughs) how about you, Matilda? What'd you think of Waffle? This was one of my favorites mm-hmm. of the whole collection. Definitely, like, the colors were great, and just the kind of, um, it reminded me a little bit of the way that The Loved Ones was shot, which we talked about recently. Oh, yeah. I can see yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And the kind of, like, I really like you, and I want to be close to you kind of um, menace. Yeah. I thought it was great. Oh, I really like this one, and I like the twist with the boyfriend, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, this definitely is sort of, like, the horror of gig economy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which uh, there is a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of influence throughout these films. You can see the power of Black Mirror, right? You know, like it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of these are about how our current day technologies can become very sinister. But one that I had not seen yet is Gig Economy Gone Wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was a really fun twist on it. And I agree with you. This is one of my favorites as well. It's not my very favorite, but I think it might actually be my second favorite. And I think a large part of it, I, I like all the twists. I like all the kind of like the theme and everything. But really, I just really liked the performance of the the waffle heiress Katie. Yes. Her mm-hmm. like vacillating between sweet and menacing. That's not the easiest thing to pull off. And I actually felt like she felt pretty dangerous at points, which you want for something like this, but then she can go back into the sweetness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite parts are probably the dance montage. Oh, that, that she was does. No, I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just like the girl's face watching it as it keeps going and going. I was like, yes, I was so into that. And then, of course, the art montage at the end was hilarious and Mm -hmm. so gross. And I was like, oh, if this is how these movies or these shorts are going to be, this bodes well (laughs) for the rest of the next two hours. I'm about to have a good time. (laughs) And the like the the constant menace of the one star review. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. Right? Yes, that is such a good point. The way people in the gig economy are at a mercy of that. We're all using Instacart or something these days. I'm like, yeah. I'm certain that those ratings at the end are totally being weaponized. Like, even yeah. if I get a shitty service, I'm like, five goddamn stars. Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, you risked your life for me. Fine. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, when everything when everything was really shut down, where they were limiting how many people were in stores and what you could buy and stuff, we were giving the Instacart people not only, like, not, not only tipping them, but we were also giving them, like, extra gift cards for, like, Starbucks. Because it's just oh, like, dude, you're, nice. doing, you're doing me a favor. You are mm-hmm. just making my life so much easier. Yeah. I know some people who were tipping them in PPE. Oh, that's a good idea, too. Who were, like, tipping them in masks and gloves. All right, cool. Well, we're about to go into the second wave, so this might be useful information for people. <laughs> Although, is it a second wave if the first one never ended? Yeah, like, right. It's yeah. the Schrodinger's COVID. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more like a riptide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Speaking of uplifting stories, our next <laughs> short is Maggie May. Woohoo! Tilda, you have this one. I do. Uh, so Maggie May is directed by Mia Kate Russell who is an Australian director with a lot of experience with makeup and special effects makeup for genre oh, movies. That makes sense. And she has made several short films, including another starring Lulu McClatchy, with, who plays the sister Maggie in this mm. one, titled Death by Muff, which you can find oh. on the internet, which I, <laughs> I recommend. It's a good, I don't know, six minutes or so, maybe less. She's currently in production on a film called Penny Lane is Dead, which is an 80s female revenge flick. Oh, that sounds great. Mm -hmm. That sounds like my jam. Yeah. Maggie May, the short that's in this one, is about a woman named Sam who, following the death of her mother, comes to the funeral with her twin babies in tow and begins to attend to the estate. Her estranged sister Maggie, who is a constant in the house, is no help. Really, really no help. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oof, Maggie. Yeah. Right. So what'd you think of this one, Matilda? Um, so I have to say the this was the most viscerally upsetting uh-huh. film in the mm-hmm. bunch for me in terms of what happens to Sam. And the makeup is so good. Yeah. It really is. The makeup is so yes. good. 
and it does some things that I was like, I'm not sure I want to see that, like with the kids where, yeah. where it, it avoids it and it's, but you still get it and it's yeah. great. I will say. Yep. Like the f- <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was coming. Yeah. Like the fat phobia is strong with this one. Yeah. Which is too mm. bad because I think that this director actually kind of from watching her what she does with that character, the other short, I feel like she actually really loves this actress. Yeah. And I feel like this is a little bit of the Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids problems, that this might be a really amazing kind of like physical comedic actress. Mm-hmm. But because she's also fat, it kind of goes in a certain lane. And because we don't have good fat representation in movies, it like Mm -hmm. ends up in a certain lane that we're like, we need more diverse things before just that right now. Right. Does that make sense? Like it's super effective and it works, but it's it's a drop in the same goddamn bucket. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got you. (laughs) Even though I love the part where she's like, I've had a lot of anxiety today, but I do feel (laughs) like this goes in the uh, fat girl as baby Huey kind of land uh-huh, uh-huh. that can be troublesome but the, the yeah. makeup in this thing overall I yeah. think this thing is incredible especially the horror stuff around what happens to Sam so yeah Ugh. I don't know what you all thought of it the the horror that happens to Sam and the things too when you realize that oh, one God. of the babies yeah. stop crying mm-hmm. and then yeah, that's hard it's quiet you know that was just gut-wrenching and watching Sam basically just sit there and die over a period of days is just oh yeah, but I mean, you're right. The makeup was great, but I'm thinking she picked that yeah. actress because she's worked with her before, and and the weight was besides the point. But it didn't. Yes, that's the sad thing. Another reason why representation is important is because she is great in this role. She is perfect for this role. She it is really effective. Mm-hmm. But so you want to be like, yes, this is the best person for the role. Good job. But at the same time, even though that's true, the other thing is true too. So it's like, right. yeah, so I think you're both like yeah. 100% correct. It's right, because if we had a lot of diverse representations yeah. of folks who looked like that, then I think that we would be like, great, this person is like a fucking incredible, you know, actor. And it's kind of a bummer because this yeah. needs the most effective. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. In terms of the hardest core horror, mm-hmm. it's yep. this one. This one was tough for me. The sound of the crying baby um, and then like Sam choking. I mean, my misophonia, it was like hitting all the things like the choking <laughs> on the blood when Maggie munching away on her little treats out while she watches her. So all of those sounds to me were, I was like coming out of my body, which, you know, is not a pleasant experience, but at the same time, it's extremely effective. And so after it's over, I'm like, oh yeah, that worked. That, that definitely was effective. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and if you like something infuriating and dark mm-hmm. as fuck, this movie, this short is, <laughs> this is, this is your jam. This is the one you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree that the makeup was really good, but it's a tough one for Wig Cop. I must I was say, Wig Cop was having that. a hard time. <laughs> well, like, did you even make a, they even make a reference to it in the be- in the beginning. Oh, do well, there's Oh, multiple. right away. Yeah. Yeah, right away. One of the first things somebody says is, is she's wearing that wig to her own mother's funeral. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch that. I okay. missed yeah. that. If that helps me a little bit, except that the girlfriend also had a bad hairpiece. That's the <laughs> one. So wig, so wig cop is not going to be issuing a felony because of this uh, these technicalities that have been brought to wig cop's attention. However, misdemeanors were still occurring. <laughs> How about you, Ariel? What did you think of Maggie May? 
So I agree with everything you guys have said so far. I really enjoyed so much about this one, but it was painful to watch, especially the baby stuff. I mean, it was just so dark listening to them crying and then not crying anymore. That was hard, but the body horror is great. I mean, her getting impaled on a coat rack. That yeah, and and then her struggling to free herself from it throughout the entire short. To me, this one—I don't know how long this one in comparison to the others was—but it felt a lot longer to me, just because Mm -hmm. I think it's so painful (laughs) to watch all of it. But one of the things that I really thought was interesting too is that even though it's dealing with like such incredibly dark subject matter, there's also this weird kind of lightness in tone and even the lighting and the colors that they used in a lot of scenes that. I don't know, kind of made it a little bit less depressing that way. I also Mm. sort of wonder if this director isn't maybe working through some anger issues with a sibling. (laughs) 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 Or a housemate. Yeah. (laughs) It felt very personal to me. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. This is, this is like, you ate my yogurt times a billion. I totally recommend going and watching the other show with this particular actor in it. Okay. Uh, because I feel like this director, ha- like the, this director's ability to kind of like take you to gore town is pretty great. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. That means I really can't wait to see the yeah, me full too. Fe- feature Death by Muff, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's move on to Basic Witch. Uh, now this one is directed by Yoko Okumura and uh, she was born in a Buddhist temple in Japan, according to her bio on her website. And she, But she grew up in Minneapolis and now lives in L.A. And she refers to herself as a genre-fluid writer, director, and performer. Which, the first, like, five times I read that was gender-fluid. Right. So, like, my, the fir- my first draft of this was, like, all they, 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 they. And then, thank God, at the last minute, I just thought it was genre-fluid. You can't be messing with me like this, Yoko. It ain't cool. <laughs> You're setting me up. <laughs> so she's previously done shorts, including a short called Lexigal Gap about a girl punk group redefining the meaning of virginity. Ooh. Sounds very mm. compelling. And Kimmy Kabuki, which is about a woman who follows her husband to an adult expo and discovers some... Uh, unexpected things about herself which also sounds really good mm-hmm. and she also recently directed the kansas episode of quibi's 50 states of fright called ball twine okay. basically like all the stuff that she's doing is stuff that i really want to watch mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> she says that she's obsessed with telling rebellious stories through underrepresented perspectives and thrives in the intersection of grit and glamour <sighs> be my best friend please <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, she just seems like a really interesting filmmaker, and I think that that definitely comes through in the short. It's called Basic Witch, and it takes place after an uncomfortable and upsetting sexual experience. The following morning, this witch wakes up, and she brews herself an enchanted pumpkin latte, you know, basic witch, (laughs) pumpkin latte, Mm -hmm. to give to her lover, who gives him a literal taste of his own medicine. This is actually my favorite of the shorts. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay, all right, good, that's good. It's not the most, like, horror of the bunch but i thought it was like a really nuanced take on the rape revenge subgenre right Right. because it speaks to the gray area of things and the revenge in this case is forced empathy i get the the catharsis that comes from revenge typically forcing someone to understand truly understand is the most cathartic thing right Mm -hmm. so you know i thought it was funny it's bright it's twee in sort of a tongue-in-cheek way that kind of provides this 
ideal platform for expressing what is really difficult and complex and totally misunderstood topic like gray area sexual assault right Uh uh-huh and i i just thought it was so clever i love this movie in some ways i feel like it communicated something that is difficult to talk about in ways that i've never been able to kind of explain whenever yes i come on as the resident rape revenge expert um so (laughs) rachel it's fine whatever It's fine. So I don't know. What, I, I really loved it. What did you guys think? Loved it. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Uh, no, I mean, like that was it was definitely like an unexpected twist to that. That was what she was using the the latte for to enchant him with is, you know, to see how it feels and just the like the questions that it brought up. Like he's like, wait, is this rape? Like, wait a minute. OK, maybe this <laughs> isn't rape, but it's highly unethical. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes yeah it was so great and then she asks well do you think what happened last night between us was rape like getting him thinking about it i yeah i really liked this one too i thought it was so much it's so fun and light in one way and then deals with yeah like you were saying such a heavy topic and yes the other hand yeah exactly and it does it so well i mean i'm guessing that most women have experienced something very similar to what she's talking about here Mm -hmm. and to me it it really did feel like she was saying things that it's really hard to express in a very succinct, understandable way, where I think if you watched it and maybe weren't clear on these issues before, I think it could maybe make that clearer for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and it's also just really entertaining. And the guy, both of the both the w- woman and the man do such a good job acting, but he really does a great job when all this stuff is happening to him, it's not actually happening, but you feel like it is. Cause great yeah. physical yes. comedy. Yeah. Great physical comedy. Exactly. And I think the casting of him is a genius because he looks like such a sweet, yep. nice, disarming yeah, kind of dude. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I similar to what everybody else said, I thought this was really well done. And really, the way that she is able to both be serious and kind of have this like slightly jaded sense of humor about it was very relatable Mm -hmm. about her experience. Right. As she's telling him like, yeah, this is, this is not great. (laughs) Like I just thought it was, it was so well done and, and really well acted by both parties. And it made me want to make that latte, not for anyone in my life, just side note, that latte looked kind of amazing. <laughs> when he was chugging it, I was like, yes, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> I mean, we're almost a pumpkin latte season, right? Uh, right around the corner. Months, I don't yeah. like pumpkin lattes. I don't like stuff that's like pumpkin flavored, other than mm. like pumpkin pie. But eggnog lattes, on the other hand. Hey, mm. listen, I'm an equal opportunity sweet latte. <laughs> I don't like any of them, but this one actually had pumpkin in it, which made me go yeah. like, okay, mm. yes. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you guys like this. I kind of want to like show it to all the boys. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Watch this. Educate yourself. This is why Blurred Lines was a bop, but not actually a great song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> right. And her ability to be like, yeah, we're pretty used to this. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, her yeah. this is <laughs> that every was... woman. All right. Let's move. Wait, on can I just to... say one more thing? Oh, yes. So there... I'm sorry. No, yes. no, no, you're fine. There was a warning at the beginning of this one. And at the end of the warning, um, it says, take care of yourself and hex the patriarchy. <laughs> Yes. yes. I love that. I feel like we all need Hex the Patriarchy shirts. Yeah, what do you guys totally. Think? Yes. Yeah. So next up is the conversion therapist. Sarah, this one was yours. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
the conversion therapist it's uh written and directed by bears rebecca fonte i i'm guessing it's fonte cause there's an accent over the e um Aha. so i'm just gonna read their their bio from uh freewayfilm.com about a conversion therapist and that's bears rebecca fonte is a writer and director and founder and artistic director of Other Worlds Austin, one of the preeminent sci-fi film festivals in the world. They have a feature thriller called Eye Crime that they wrote and directed, and uh, it says it's available on DVD and VOD, and I'd definitely like to track it down. Their last short was a supernatural thriller called Roadside Assistance, which had screened at over 69 film festivals, including Sci-Fi London and Dances with Films, and they are also openly transgender. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this one, this one is about a pansexual polyamorous trio kidnap a bigoted convergence therapist and torture him until he sees the light. Oh man, this one was a tough watch. Yeah, sure yeah. was. This one was, was yeah. definitely a, a tough watch, especially when it comes down to, you know, basically the end of it. Well, I mean, the end of it, he, he gets what he deserves when you find out who uh, one of the characters is, because the characters are Ira, who's the the bigoted conversion therapist preacher guy, Justine, who kidnaps him, Selena, who's her partner, and Clay, who's also her partner. And then there's Tanya, who is his wife. Yeah, so basically it's just uh, Justine, Selena, and Clay just taking turns, kind of watching watching over Ira, tor torturing him. Justine, especially, is just fueled with the uncontrollable rage, where Selena's still like, you know... No, let's not do this. Let's not take it this far. We need to scale back. Play's just like, whatever you want me to do. God, this one was a hard watch. So I think the core idea here is interesting, especially through the genre perspective of turning torture of conversion therapy on its head and into mm -hmm. a torture film. Even though the concept is interesting, I don't know about the execution because I don't think it's clear who the villains are here. I, I think it, it equivocates too much uh -huh. in a way that I was kind of uncomfortable with because I do think... There is something very interested to be said here about the torture of conversion therapy, which, if you don't mm -hmm. know, is torture. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even actually know how you fix the problem. I just know that I came away from it feeling really uncomfortable with how our heroes, quote unquote, were portrayed. With yeah. the exception of Selena. the very last line of this <laughs> short, which made me lol. <laughs> Do you remember how it ends? No. I mean, no. I remember how it like, ends, but not the last line. By the way, I, I have a friend that knows the vice president. Oh, right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was yeah. like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, my brother-in-law works, works with the vice president. Yeah, that, that made me laugh. And yeah. I get kudos for that line. But with the rest of it, I, I, I'm... I mean, if you guys feel differently, like, I totally... Am, I would like to hear a defense of it. But for me, I kind of was like... I mean, gonna miss for well, me. yeah, I mean, like the only character in the whole thing that kind of is in a good light is Selena, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I agree. That's fair. Yeah. Best yeah. actor too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Out acting and, everyone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But she's yeah. stunning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I really agree with you. I think that there's some you know good body horror. I think the message mm -hmm. is important, but it felt like. Where Basic Witch does it in a pretty artful, sensitive way, this felt more like taking a sledgehammer to the issue. Right. Um, and I don't think that it was all that successful in getting its point across. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this definitely wasn't my favorite. Like, we're talking about Selena has real, like, believable emotions, but the main mm -hmm. character um, felt more like a caricature to me and not like a real person. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. So yeah, that's kind of where I landed on it. 
I suspect it's like a film that's cathartic to make, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily to watch. Right. I'll read to you the director's statement about the film. On June 12th, 2016, I woke up to coverage of the Pulse nightclub shooting and felt my heart being ripped out. Even worse, Mm. I was due to moderate a QA and a on the Sandy Hook shooting documentary Newtown that night. What world were we living in? In the aftermath of Pulse, I couldn't believe the bigotry of certain, in quotes, ministers who did more than hint that they believed the terrorists had done the world a favor. I poured my anger into the script and project. That makes yeah. That absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally, totally yeah. get that impulse. Yeah, I, I get it. I really do. It's just a little too gray, I think. Yeah. The- yeah, I think that main character was the problem I had mm-hmm. with it. And like the dialogue on that main character, yeah. who I understand mm-hmm. is just like... The rage. Just, just the, the rage. And, like, yeah. the reversal of some of the language being used. Yeah. Yeah, it made me miss, um, did anybody ever read that 90s, those 90s comic books called Hothead Pies on Homicidal yes. Lesbian Terrorists? Yes, yes. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so it made me want Hothead to be in that character instead. Right? Who was, like, funny and who I feel like has a, th- that whole comic book series. is It's very sweet and her cat chicken. Um, yeah, I want to get a chicken tattoo. What? Yes, <laughs> so great. No. Um, but I feel like Hothead really had the like. <laughs> I'm sorry, I heard cat in the background shouting no. <laughs> Sarah, you need to get the kitten pl- or the chicken playing the cello tattoo because that was always her oh. when, when chicken was licking her butt. That was what she would call it: is playing the cello. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's what I was thinking of getting. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Okay. That's the best chicken. Yeah, so Sarah, you know, like the the hothead cartoons did this in this way that was like super cathartic and an act of rage, and I think it was basically like the the writers' therapy, like getting so mad at white supremacist skinheads on the corner that they would just catch on fire. Yeah, so I wanted to replace the main character with hothead because I yeah. had, like 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 you all, like I really loved the concept. It is necessary to have kind of like fantasies like this I feel like when mm-hmm. people are mm-hmm. so monstrous I think there's something very therapeutic about those those ideas about turning the tables um, it was just that what I I was taken out of it a little bit by the dialogue and performance of that one character so let's move on to offbeat Ariel you got this one so offbeat is directed by a woman whose name I'm going to attempt to pronounce because I couldn't find a pronunciation anywhere it's Merite Owerkirk Oh, okay. I, we went on a different journey with that name, but that's okay. Well, how would you have said it? Your, yours sounds better than what I have going. So it's just interesting to see the Rorschach. I don't know. Is that I, I, I feel say No. Oh, yeah, that's probably it because it's Dutch. Alvurtkirk? Oh, I like I can't, I can't make my cool. mouth do that, but yes, that's probably <laughs> accurate. Okay, so this director was actually a child actress in um, a bunch of Dutch films and some TV shows. And then when she was about 16, she decided she wanted to start directing. So she went to film school. And then since then, she has directed four short films as well as a TV miniseries. So Offbeat is about a dystopian future where the air has become polluted. And drummer, a drummer named Ollie has to compete in a strange test in order to gain entry to a clean air dome. What would you think? Um, this one wasn't my favorite, but I thought it was pretty good. 
I thought that the main guy, Ollie, was really likable and had like really funny moments and his reactions to what was happening on the test felt really cool. I thought some of the commentary about like climate change, I felt this a lot recent in recent months that a lot of that reads really differently in the era of the coronavirus. Yeah. Yes. Um, so true. <laughs> Rachel and I watched this other movie, Sea Fever, uh, for the More Deadly podcast, and we kind of felt the same thing about that, where like climate change really just hits different now. Like you're reading it in a completely different way. The way that everybody, when they were outside, everybody had masks on. Yeah, and for me, this one, I think, hit a little closer to home because I've had this recurring nightmare since I was a little kid about there not being any breathable air on earth. Wow. So yeah, so this one, you know, kind of hit that for me. I think one of my problems with a number of these shorts is that I'm not a huge fan of really tech focused dystopian futures. As opposed mm-hmm. to more sort of like action where the plot's more action oriented. Mm-hmm. I just find it so depressing. I mean, <laughs> just accurate. Like, yeah. So yeah. unbelievably depressing that I have a hard time pulling myself back out of that mindset oh, afterwards, no. which is why I've kind of avoided watching Black Mirror because I watched like one episode and I was like, Ugh, don't want to do oh, that yeah. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what did you guys think about this one? I thought it was really interesting. I agree with you. I think Ollie, like he seems like he's he's sweet and I liked some of his reactions to the test. Like, you know, it's like he answers and it's like, oh, you're, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, ADHD. So how long have you known that you were gay? Oh, you're homophobic. Yeah. You're homophobic. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? No. Yeah, it's like nothing he does is right. It all just yeah, goes terribly think... wrong. Um, so this was one of my favorites mm. of the bunch, but it is probably one of the most Black Mirror-ish also. Mm-hmm. I really, because I'm less action focused, I really love kind of like horror of technology future stuff so this was right up my alley and that kind of anxiety of no matter what he does he keeps getting downgraded and downgraded that's out of my nightmares (laughs) by these like smiling blonde people who are like hold on Mm -hmm. one moment and then she has to just put the information button on herself and he's just Mm -hmm. standing there like what the fuck is happening right now Mm-hmm. Do you remember that scene where she's oh, like, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the anxiety dream of every child that was told they were gifted in elementary school. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and the, like the bathroom interaction where she's like, well, are you the best? Yeah. Are you yeah. the best? But that, that whole sequence around like him taking the drumsticks out and playing like real life pong. Yeah. With the other people was that so was delightful fun. to me. Yeah. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. so fun. So I, I really loved this one. The ending yeah. was a little like, all right, I don't know where that went, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm actually with you on this one, Matilda. I like this one a lot too, uh, in large part because I just really loved Ollie. Yeah, um, yeah. He's benefiting from reminding me a little bit of a character from Ash versus Evil Dead. So like he had my oh, you're right. Fandom. Yeah. yeah, but I, yeah. but he, I just thought he was so adorable. His interactions with Ruth were really sweet. Mm-hmm. He gets called a homophobe when he says the thing about like not being gay. But you saw his face as he described what he saw and thought it was like sweet and yeah, like it's evident mm-hmm. from when you're not an AI that that's not the case. He just, I was very charmed by him. Yeah, and so yeah. I was like happy to kind of do watch whatever whatever journey he was going on. I was kind of really happy to go along with him, and I I, I loved the stupid cheesy ending cheesy in the way that like like in a very 80s way mm-hmm. like it reminded me of like karate kid you yeah. know what i mean like 
Like uh-huh. they had swept the leg and he was on his lap. He was like in crane pose, like knocking those things down. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that put a smile on my face just because, you know, like I said, that is, I'm a child of the eighties. So that just still resonates a little bit. And I thought the Rita stuff was really sweet and really heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. And this, this idea of this like elite smiling group of people in charge of deciding yes. whether or not you're literally worthy to breathe the same air as them mm-hmm. was very real, very impactful. Um, spoiler alert, those people not include trans people, disabled people, right. yep. POCs, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that to me, again, I thought this was another example of like kind of using a format to like tell kind of a nuanced story. It just hit sort of at the right moment for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when he runs off, again, I know it's a little strange. That also hit for me in the right moment. We're all feeling very agitated and ready to break out the metaphorical yeah. guillotines <laughs> right yeah. now. And so watching him, when they try to drag him away, when he just like runs off and I was just like, yes, viva la revolution. I want to follow all the way. Let's tear down the walls of the dome. Uh-huh. Fuck these elite assholes. I kind of loved the re- the spirit of rebellion that the ending kind of brought. Right, like the snow piercer if you want to charge forward into the other cabins, right? Like Yes. The, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So I I I kinda liked the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I I I could definitely see why if you don't like <laughs> I mean this is going to be a problem throughout the rest of this for you, Ariel. I <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, yeah. But if you, if that is not a barrier for entertainment or enjoyment, I feel like this one is one of the stronger ones for me as well. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. And, and for all of the, the ones that are really tech based, it probably is my favorite just because Ollie was so likable and it does do a good job of kind of showing you what the message is without um, hitting you over the head with it. Let's move on to The Final Girl Returns, which to me feels like it should have actually been the last one, but whatever. Matilda, you had this one. Yeah, I had this one. So this is by Alexandria Perez, who is an award-winning writer and director and a graduate of the University of Miami. And she says Mm. she's a lover of all things horror. She has a lot of shorts on Vimeo Mm. that are are about 10 minutes long to watch. So if you dug this, you can go look her stuff up there. So this particular short, The Final Girl Returns, is about an unnamed driver who, after escaping from a rural massacre unscathed, finds himself in a Groundhog Day of assisting escaping final girls. Um, So I really liked the way this one looked. And the plot of this one I found a little bit tougher to follow, honestly. Mm -hmm. And it may be because this is playing with the kind of horror that is not necessarily my thing. I felt like it was trying to say some things that I was having a hard time wrapping my brain around. And I watched it a couple of times, but I really enjoyed the way it looked and the way it was cast. And I thought I wanted to, to get it more than I was getting it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, story of my life. (laughs) So a lot of my notes are really similar to what Matilda just said. This actually is more of my thing because I love slasher films, Mm -hmm. but I don't think this one was in like completely successful. It felt like the point that the director was trying to make, I wasn't maybe entirely understanding, but there was a lot of stuff that I liked in it. Like I liked the main guy and I thought, you know, they had like a few different women that he spoke with that he kind of helped in the car that seemed Uh really interesting too. And I almost wanted it to be longer. 
so that I could get more of the backstory of what was happening. And also Mm -hmm. the gore and deaths, you barely see any of it. Like most of it happens kind of off camera where you're not really seeing what's happening. You just see kind of like the blood on people's faces and them dragging weapons on the ground. Mm -hmm. And I wish we had gotten more of that part of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way as, as you guys did. Like I liked it, but I didn't get it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, like, I okay, feel there so can, much what is, less like, bad what is this now. Highlander there can be only one right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I know he's stuck in some sort of time loop but like what yeah. does that have to do with the sheriff and you know them finding nothing up there they're, like yeah. to me I was like okay is there going to be some I expected there to be some plot twist where you find out the sheriff's the killer and he's covering it, you know, he's covering it all up or something. And it's just like, right. Yeah, I totally agree. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. But then on the radio, they know that murders are taking place and that people are missing. So then it's like, well, why doesn't the sheriff understand? And then I thought maybe at the end that the whole point was he realized that there could only be one final person at the end. And by him staying alive meant that the girls couldn't live so he had to die in order for that final girl to actually make it to the finale right but then but then i wasn't really sure if i was just like making that up (laughs) no because she kind of takes his place is sort of what yeah because you hear that scream Mm -hmm. yeah i love a time loop movie like whenever there's a time loop episode of something i'm like yes and i love a killer cabin movie like these are things i enjoy so I thought this was fun. Like, it definitely referred to things I liked. But if I'm totally honest, part of me really just kind of wanted to watch the Killer Cabin movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I found the killer with his creepy antler mask to be pretty that compelling. That was a cool look. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like with the time loop movies or episodes, there's a period of time where you have this, like, repeat, 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 where somebody is trying to solve the problem. And we got that, but what that typically leads to is a second phase where the person is unpacking what they're doing and finding a resolution, and we are learning more because we're seeing new perspectives, and this never breaks out of that perspective. We never get the satisfying part of the time loop where we figure out how to break it. Even if at the end it doesn't work out and they're still trapped in the time loop, there's still like a portion of that narrative where we get some, some degree of answers. And, and I feel like that's what this is missing. And that's what everybody's going like, so wait, what are you trying to say with this movie? Because we're missing the part of that story that tells you those things. So yeah, I, I don't, I feel like this one's in the middle of the pack for me. Like it's not, it's not terrible by any stretch, but it's also not as strong as some of the other ones that have like very clear thematic or narrative choices. But it looks, I agree with you. Like it looks great. Like the color, the way that they use sort of that yellowish tint, like you can feel the heat of mm-hmm. the location and you get that sense of uncanny purgatory from it so so visually i agree with you strong it was funny though the first girl i don't know if you recognized her but the first girl is the the daughter of the preacher from pure oh that oh. i was trying to figure out where i knew her <laughs> yeah okay. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> I, I was thinking like, that was her i was like i've seen her in something and yep yeah yep. i was i kind of was sad when she wasn't your final right. you know what i mean the final final girl because i was like excited to see, i recognized her i saw her i was kind of excited to see those two team up and it just wasn't meant to be yeah oh well let's move on to live now this is another one of mine this one is directed by taryn o'neill and she's pretty interesting she before she became an actor turned director she was a competitive figure skater oh. and an award-winning ice dancer what 
Yeah. And then after that, she went to Duke and graduated with a degree in economics, theater, and film. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. From there, she went on to do like a bunch of roles in TV and films. Most notably, she was in the Netflix series Granite Flats, which I've never seen, but she was in three what? seasons of that. She's also a science advocate. She started a entertainment group called Sirens, where they're trying to increase science literacy through entertainment. So they're like, they do like unscripted and scripted TV pro- projects to like, share STEM news. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Huh. That's a thought that was cool. Hmm. So Live was her second time directing. Her next project is a feature film called Wicked, based on the Wicked trilogy of supernatural romance books. I don't know. I haven't read any of those. Have you guys? Mm-mm. No. No. I mean, it sounds very like, woman with secret power, like with, with some sort of supernatural powers being surrounded by very sexy supernatural creatures. <laughs> so I don't know. Whatever. Different structure, different books. Okay. So this uh, short is about an online, quote unquote, live caster who has like branded herself as a like a fighter girl and has had a lot of success with that but has now kind of reached a point in her life where she's sort of having a crisis of conscience over her career choice and what the future is going to hold for her especially considering in this sort of dystopian sorry Ariel technology (laughs) dystopia uh, future where there's not a lot of options her currency is essentially like conflict in her life Mm -hmm. and yeah that's kind of the gist of it this one has a very black mirror vibe to it um so Mm -hmm. i'll start with you matilda what do you think about this one so i really liked this one predictably because i like this stuff and it Mm -hmm. also felt a little bit like cam Mm -hmm. to me like it has that kind of vibe and i thought it was well acted it was also so interesting to watch during the time of coronavirus where people's primary like their jobs are online yeah. Mm-hmm. And their persona is online where there's you can see her switch when she's recording and not recording, right? Where she's kind of just home and kind of like also on t- also live. I thought this was really good. Yeah. Awesome. How about you, Sarah? What did you think about this one? I really like this one. I really liked uh, some of the things I had to say about technology, you know, how it's just like they're doing it all for the ratings. She breaks, I don't remember what it was she broke, but her boyfriend's like, "You know that had to be featured until the end of the month. What are we going to do?" You know, it like, gets up and she pours out all the, the vodka and then fills up the bottle and is like, hey, you know, remember to drink this every day. And like, you know, it's just having to be on all the time. What it, what it that says about that. That is dystopia to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So again, not really my thing, but I actually thought this one was done really well because the, the acting in this one, like Matilda was saying, is really quality. Like both the main woman and her boyfriend, recording partner, whatever he was, mm-hmm. um, did such a good job that it, it really felt believable, everything that was happening to them. I think this one is upsetting for all the reasons you guys talked about but also because this doesn't seem like a distant future kind of a deal <laughs> right like, it really doesn't this feels like yeah. right around the corner <laughs> like right now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i just thought all the the stuff in there about recording and and having your life online and that you talking about the algorithm and how they have to keep like upping the ante and like going mm-hmm. farther each time and now they have to show them having sex and he wants to do it without the censors because that's what everybody's doing and they got to make bucks like it it was crazy and really good and I enjoyed the ending too I kind of wish I hadn't cut away I wanted to see what she did to the guy Um, Mm -hmm. but of the kind of tech ones I thought this one was done really well I agree I like this one quite a bit as well one thing I liked that the I mean I feel like we've definitely seen similar things in terms of 
having to give your life over to technology you know mm-hmm. and be on and perform and losing ground in terms of like what your personal life is and your your professional brand is is not necessarily new but what i thought was an interesting take on it was that this one work th- this one focuses on a woman who's kind of like in a transition point in her life as it is we don't see a lot of complex stories about middle-aged women so like the idea of seeing how her transition in life matches to her like having to have this public persona that like no longer necessarily fits with the person that she's become yeah i thought was really interesting like and, the personal <laughs> brand thing yes she picked mm-hmm. this fighter girl thing when she was 20 but it, at 40 does she still want to be fighter girl probably not she wants to be couch girl oh wait no, that's <laughs> me <laughs> talking about myself again so so i thought that was really interesting i also thought it was kind of um it's it made me think about like what is you know early youtubers gonna look like in the very near future because there are mm. some who started as teenagers that are now like in the next few years are probably going to be getting closer and closer to these kinds of like life change. This feels like it's probably a very real story for certain people. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And, and so I thought that was a, a, a new take on this type of story that I thought was really interesting. Outwardly, this may not look like a typical horror movie, but like, I actually think it's pretty horrific. Let's move on to the man in the corner. Sarah, coincidentally, (laughs) you got this one too. Tell me about this one. Okay, so the man in the corner is directed by Kelly Breslin. Kelly Breslin is a Bay Area screenwriter, director, producer, and actor. And she studied opera and classical vocal technique throughout high school and college and majored in theater. And she's probably best known as being a writer and story editor for... The Netflix series You. She also wrote an episode or two of Midnight Texas, the TV mm. show Midnight Texas. Oh. And she has a feature length film called Oxen Free that's available on Prime. Cool. cool. Man in the Corner. What starts out as a hot hookup with his dream guy turns into a nightmare when Daniel re- realizes they aren't alone in the house. I, I enjoyed this one. It, the creep factor in it was very creepy. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, the actor that they chose to play the... Because there's, there's three actors. There's Daniel, who's who's like our, our main protagonist. And then Michael, who's his hot hookup. And then Dave, who is... You think it's Michael's possibly Michael's roommate, Michael's lover or something. You're not exactly sure. You're not sure. Because like, at first, it's, it's, hey, there's this guy watching me. He's like, oh, okay. And he you know takes him out. And it's like, okay, maybe it's his father who's like, you know got dementia or something and then it just goes from there and gets Uh creepier as it goes on so what did you guys think uh someone else go (laughs) (laughs) so um i thought this one was really weird and unsettling i'm not sure exactly what the short was trying to say or if it even was thank you i'm glad i'm not alone yeah yeah. i was Um, struggling (laughs) you know maybe maybe there wasn't sort of like a big thesis to it but it was, like I said, creepy and unsettling. I thought that the skin suit, when the guy, mm. um, the roommate guy, like, puts on the, squin- the skin suit, it's disgusting and so gross. And I don't know, Rachel, if this bothered you, but there were, like, really disgusting squishy sounds as he was What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I also thought that the ending where the guy was hanging up, like, on a hook on a wall. Yeah. Um, the hot hookup guy. 
And he's yeah. kind of like not totally boneless, but there's something weird going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. was really creepy. <laughs> I think also just like hooking up with somebody and being in like unfamiliar surroundings and sort of waking up and not really knowing what was going on. Like all of that was really unsettling. I just yeah. not sure exactly if there was a point I was trying that I was supposed to get that I just, you know, didn't land for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause I was definitely a little confused by this one too. And I was like, am I a dummy? Like, I don't get it. Um, I mean, I thought it was very sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. th- that's not the yeah. part that confused me. At all. <laughs> yeah. It was more yeah. just like, uh, like, I was kind of like, Oh, okay. Go there then. Good for you. But I, I just didn't know what the movie was or the short was trying to say, you know, like, is it that when you're sleeping with someone, your past is still inside you? Is this like an STI cautionary tale? Am I thinking too hard about this? <laughs> I mean, whatever the case was, it was very creepy. But I was hoping one of you guys would be who were smarter than me would be able to explain what it was about. Because I was like, other than just generally the guy getting in bed with them, non-consensually touching him, the other oh, one's like, just yeah. let it happen. Like, yeah, just ignore is, him. Yeah, yeah that sandwich super scene creepy. was yeah. upsetting. It's like, I was gonna say there there were several points that if I had been the main character I would have just noped the fuck out of there. Oh right. yeah. Right. right. I mean he wasn't that hot. Get to kick, kick rocks, dude. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I also I also didn't totally understand this and therefore I felt like the juxtaposition we had of the hot hookup versus kind of the guy who's in the corner was mm-hmm. like I wish this was live or I wish this was something so I could hear the filmmakers intentions about this one. Yeah. Because without it, like Maggie may, it does have a little bit of just like the horror of an older fat body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially given how the bodies are filmed in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted, to, cause I feel like if I understood this one, this, I might really like this one. I also didn't get it, so I'm glad no one else got it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not alone. <laughs> it would have been one thing if he had gone to bed with the first guy and woken up with the second guy and had a dream of like seeing him put on the skin suit. Right. But yeah. And then wakes up and there's a skin suit in the corner and he's wakes up mm-hmm. with the other guy. But it just the fact that that he kept appearing yeah, it's like, wait, why is he why is he there? And like I said, like the first time he appears, you think maybe, oh, he could be like the guy's father or, you know, something that he's taking care of. Or just like a creepy roommate. Or just a creepy Ooh. roommate, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, or like maybe some part of the guy that's there. Like there was a little bit of like an It Follows kind of mm-hmm. yeah. vibe to this, but I, I wanted to understand it better than I did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was well shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the acting's all really good. It looked great. It was well acted. Yeah. 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 Everybody yeah. looked like they were having a great time until they weren't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But right, though, like, I feel like that there's a, a world in which this is my favorite, but I just mm-hmm. yeah, don't I agree. I'm, mi- I'm missing, I was like, am I missing something? But it sounds like maybe that's not the case. If, if none of us could crack the sphinx of the man in the corner, then I think we're probably... Maybe it was the film. And not right, us. or we're not meant to. Right, right or is... we're not meant to. That's true. Uh-huh. All right, Ariel, t- this is the final section in our f- short film festival. Ava in the End. Tell us about it. Okay, so Ava in the End is directed by Ursula Ellis. Ursula Ellis is a smarty pants. She went to Northwestern and then got her MFA in film from Columbia University. Wowzers. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. She's directed... 
10 short films, most of which she wrote as well. And she's also worked in everything from like being a makeup artist to location manager to costume designer in both her own films and some other projects as well. So, um, yeah, she wears kind of all the hats. Um, okay, so Ava in the End is about a young wannabe actress who dies and her consciousness is uploaded into a virtual purgatory that is quickly running out of battery life. <laughs> what did you think of this one, Ariel? Um... I didn't like this one as much as some of the others. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so not to be a broken record, but again, this is not my favorite kind of horror sub genre. It's very tech forward. I just felt like, I felt like the actress in this one was, was good and believable, but I just didn't, I felt like there needed to be some kind of commentary about society in order for this one to be effective for me. It was more just kind of her, talking back and forth with this like AI that was increasingly annoyed with her. Mm-hmm. I think there was a little bit of a commentary though. And I think it ties, I think they actually circles back to the first film because, Hey, your conscience will be uploaded in five minutes. Do you want to leave a, a, a review? And then the last that's, thing the teacher mm-hmm. says is, do you want to leave a review? Yeah, yeah. that's a good point actually. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for saying that, Sarah. That is a really good point. Um, I really liked this one. I liked, I thought that it was like, just the right length and funny and it looked really good yeah i thought it was a fun place to end the the festival yeah there are some pretty funny moments in it like when she tells her that her her consciousness is going to be like uploaded into a new body and she's like thanks obama (laughs) 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 and then when the ai won't stop pestering her to eat this bacon chocolate bar yes and when she's like okay i wasn't going to tell you but everybody's dead yeah (laughs) and then she starts making fun of her about her acting career and so this woman's like hashtag cunt computer like (laughs) oh i really like this one it was it was funny and i especially loved the the computer just giving her a bunch of crap (laughs) yeah i'm i'm a little more i think more towards uh ariel's end on this one Mm -hmm. i I thought it was it was it wasn't by no means bad at all i thought like you said it looks pretty good has some funny moments i guess maybe my issue with it is the placement don't actually feel like it was a good way to end it felt very light in comparison to some of the other ones light not in like it's not yes it was funny but i also felt like there was some really strong heavier more intense ones that like i felt like might have been a little bit more impactful way to just sort of put a period on the end of the festival yeah but like I said, in no means was it bad. I just found myself kind of like going, oh, okay, that was okay. Yeah, good. Better than I could make. <laughs> <You> <laughs> right. <know? laughs> it but, did remind me a little bit of The Good Place. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody else that. watch that? I hadn't thought about mm-hmm. that, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I love The Good Place, although I need to finish it, so don't spoil the end. <laughs> yeah, me too. I <laughs> they all die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah that makes you know? sense it wasn't really a heavy hitter for me but it was a nice like sorbet at the end of this that's kind of. fair yeah. yes 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 that's fair all right cool so overall what did you guys think of the sh- the shorts and the film festival yeah so i really loved it i'm so glad that you brought this up and that we got to do it because i might have missed it otherwise mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know of course there are a couple of these that weren't like my favorite but overall there are so many that are really good all of them are competently made 
Um, and I think every there, I think there's enough variety here that you're going to find a couple that like really stick with you. I really enjoyed these overalls. Honestly, I'd say that probably Final Girl Returns was the weakest of the bunch mm -hmm. for, for me. And mm -hmm. that's that's still one that we all really enjoyed. So, yeah, mm -hmm. this was uh, I'm glad I got to, to watch this. Uh, yeah, this was great. This was a really good time. And, you know, there's certain things in the time right now when we're all like when we can't gather in public places. So there were times mm. that watching this where I would like I was like, oh, this would be so interesting. It's so fun to watch with a crowd. Mm -hmm. And at other times, I was just, like, so happy that I could be at home and watch this yeah. in a way that you usually have to go see this kind of thing at a, film, at a festival. So, yeah, this was a super fun watch, and I had a really good time. Yeah, I really, I was, you know, you never know with a bunch of shorts how it's going to be, but I actually felt like, for the most part, they were really strong across the board. Like, even mm -hmm. some of the weaker ones would be the better ones in a different yeah. lineup right very true but mostly i'm just like so excited to see all of these women and and plus one transgender person that for i don't know there might be more that i know of which by the way tells you right there etheria is not for turfs which makes me very happy yes, <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. but just like seeing these emerging artists and putting these people on the radar for me to watch their careers develop as someone that really champions and loves seeing women making horror films this is a very exciting short uh, festival for me and so to have like a you know nine in a row that i had never heard of that now i'm like completely obsessed with is so exciting so and and i just had fun watching them and talking about them with you and and i hope people get shutter if they don't already have it and check these out mm -hmm. because there's lots of good quality stuff to be had here so thumbs up yeah definitely would recommend Absolutely. thumbs up yes big thumbs yes. up Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So listener feedback. We actually got an email this time. Ooh, yes. Exciting. I'm very excited to read this one. <clears throat> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know who knows me the best in this group. <laughs> <laughs> so this letter comes from our buddy, Larry, from the Here's Johnny podcast. Deep friend of the show. Mm -hmm. You should definitely check out, check out their podcast, especially when I'm on it, but even when I'm not. Um, <laughs> okay. But he wrote in about our Tammy and the T-Rex and Velocipaster podcast. Oh. Uh -huh. Yes. So here's what Larry had to say. First, I just want to say that Rachel was so much nicer than I would have been about these movies. <laughs> you should have heard the uncut version. Um, <laughs> It's not that I can't have fun or enjoy them. I mean, I own a Blu-ray copy of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It is more so that in a world where my time is finite, I would rather watch a movie that I haven't seen that has potential like Possum or than Evil Bomb. Gotcha. Uh, that might make me a douche, but that's where I fall. <laughs> I mean, it's good that you know yourself. That's that's good. That's good. A second, I love finding out some of the history behind the films. That kind of stuff makes the B movies more palatable. I totally agree. I feel like adding that information or like when mm -hmm. you talk about the filmmakers yeah. totally enhances my viewing experience and makes me like it more. Like it makes me less cynical and like gets me more excited about the art form. Also, I was surprised to find out that this film, this was the film that broke Denise Richards and not Charlie Sheen or Wild Things. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Finally, I just want to say that I love the podcast and I will try to write in more. Keep up the great work, Larry. Oh, that was so nice. 
I know. Right? My favorite part was where he agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you listen to the podcast I'm on there, is a rare occurrence. So. <laughs> but yes, Larry, thank you so much. It's always great to hear from you. Um, and yeah, I, I agree that like, I kind of agree with everything. Yeah. He said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, but I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I agree about knowing more about the films. I yeah. think that always makes things more interesting. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. I mean, he didn't hate the movies, but he wasn't like talking shit. Yeah, I know. I'm just yeah. teasing. Okay. Okay. Good. I just don't want you to feel bad. No, of course not. <laughs> okay. They're trash. I know they're trash. I just like them anyways. They're yeah, fun. But- yeah. Oh man, mm-hmm. Tammy. I I've been thinking about Tammy since then. Yeah, I it's cannot great. get it out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Which I mean, I feel like that's a sign of a good bad movie. Yeah. Uh, we, we all right. Showed it to a friend of ours, and she just kept going, "What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god!" What totally reasonable reaction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely my experience as well. I mean, I had to get out my phone and record my television. <laughs> I don't normally do that. I know. I have thought about your reaction video so many times. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> so, oh, for those of you who would like to get in touch, you can reach us at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can come on over to the Zombie Girls Facebook and check us out over there. We're all hanging around. I mean, probably Sarah is going to get to you first, but we're all there. So definitely reach out there. And if you're enjoying the show, review us on iTunes. And finally, if you like watching things on video on demand because you're stuck at home like all the rest of us head over to the zombie girl site check out our vod release date calendar where we keep track of all of the upcoming horror and horror adjacent things coming out on video on demand as well as on streaming services so that yes we are all alone in our sad little covid bubbles but at least we'll be entertained so that just leaves us with our streaming pick for this episode very excited about the streaming pick oh this has does anyone have any idea what it could be is it a short no it is not a short oh no, no. i'm not sure actually okay no oh well, i'm very excited about this one it just hit prime this week and that is the movie crawl oh yeah now this is one that matilda recommended to me back in the day and that i watched and that i've tried to make everybody else watch People don't believe me. This movie is so fun. You are doing yourself a disservice by not watching it. And now it is on Prime, so you have no excuse. Because mm-hmm. we're all, let's face it, we, we are. They may be the evil empire, but we're still all giving them our money. So you might as well get some <laughs> entertainment back. So, okay, here is the synopsis for Crawl. When a massive hurricane hits her Florida town, young Haley ignores the evacuation orders to search for her missing father, Dave. After finding him gravely injured in the family home, the two of them become trapped in the rapidly encroaching floodwaters. With the storm strengthening, Haley and Dave discover that an even greater threat than the rising level of water is a uh, is coming, and it is a relentless attack from a pack of giant alligators. So yeah, it is directed by by Alexander Aja, who also directed Piranha 3D. Oh, so, yes. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. As you all know, my biggest complaint about shark attack movies, things of that variety, is that the thing that you're actually there to see rarely actually happens. They always cut away. Like, it doesn't have the meanness. And one of the things that made Piranha 3D so amazing was because it went there and then some. Like, they, mm-hmm. it was not shy about the blood, the gore. It had a nasty streak yeah. to it. 
this has some of that spirit. So if you watched Meg, which had its fun moments and things about it, but were disappointed by the lack of actual shark attack, prepare to be delighted. (laughs) 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 So yes, check out Crawl. You're welcome in advance. Thanks, Matilda. She's the one that told me about Crawl, and I'm so glad she did. You're so welcome. That's a fun one. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, Ariel. Yay. (laughs) Mamacita, take us out. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of the Zombie Girls podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to us chat about these women-directed shorts. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.